Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. My name is Rich Velotis. I am the lead pastor of New Life Fellowship Church here in Queens, New York City. And I'm here, as always, with Pete Scazzaro. Pete is the founder of New Life Fellowship Church, as well as the founder of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And we've been talking about um, content from the book, The Emotionally Healthy Leader. Uh, we began our podcast series looking at the inner life. Uh, last time we uh, we started talking about the outer life uh, as it pertains to planning and decision making. We're going to continue this theme about the outer life now, Pete, as we talk about culture and team building. And really the premise of this chapter is that to create an emotionally healthy culture and to build a healthy team is the primary task of yeah. every leader. And how do we do that well? And so you have a story about uh, a tiger. Yep. That really gives uh, a nice illustration to what we're going to talk about today. Why don't you share about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I, the, the, actually, this chapter on culture and team building begins with a story that comes from Edwin Friedman. He's one of the, uh, he was a rabbi that kind of pioneered family systems thinking for synagogues and churches. Anyway, uh, he tells a story. It's a fable of a friendly forest where there's all these animals. Uh, they're all getting along just fine. But at some point, a tiger joins the community. And one of the sheep is like, this is not good, like tigers, like, you know. And, and, uh, but they said, ah, it'll be fine, we're a friendly forest. But long story short, the tiger keeps threatening, and, you know, kind of behind bushes, would be growling, and, and the sheep would complain, and say, leadership say, listen, please, this, this tiger. And they say, ah, get over it, let's have a conversation, let's dialogue about it. Until it finally gets to the point where the sheep says, I have to leave the community, I can't stay here anymore. And... Blah, 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 a little crisis. And at the end, one of the other animals says, you know, what do you do with a tiger? You, you cage the bloody tiger. Uh, in other words, leadership needed to take responsibility for the culture. And there are, at times, persons or situations that are toxic. They're just toxic. And if leadership doesn't contain it and take responsibility to create healthy culture and teams, that culture and team will be basically I don't think the word destroyed, but power is given to someone who should not get it. Mm. And uh, because I don't like, I didn't like confrontation in the early years, it had to get really bad for me to confront it and deal with it. But I would let things go on for years because I didn't, I didn't understand the importance of leadership in creating culture and healthy teams. Um, and I love the story because I, I'm in churches all the time. That like, like, hey, you're responsible for the culture. Like, it's like. It's not, there is nobody else. I mean, you're, you're the leader of that team. Uh, and I know it's hard, but if you don't do it, there are going to be consequences down, down the road. So this thing about building a culture, it's massive. I mean, if we don't address this, um, it's, it's bad news here. So you talk about four characteristics yep. for emotionally healthy culture and team building. And um, there's four of them. So let's just do one by one. Yeah. Um, and unpack them a little bit for us. So the first one is that work performance and spiritual formation are inseparable. That is, in an emotionally healthy culture, work performance and personal spiritual formation are inseparable. Yep. Unpack that a little bit. So, in fact, let me just say this before I, we go into this specifically. Because culture, defining culture is quite difficult. It's kind of, quote, the way we do things around here. And I've read a whole bunch of books on that could define culture. I talked to some global experts who work with businesses and culture and all that. So it's a little difficult to define, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like that ethos. There's a nice three, four paragraphs in there that are tight in the book that define it. But just think of culture as it's kind of like that air we breathe. It's like it's, 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 
it's the way we do things. Yeah. It, you can feel it when you're inside of an organization yeah. or a church or a family. So there's lots of things we can choose because everything, when we say, what, what do we isolate to create healthy culture and teams? I ended up with four, uh, but in a sense, everything creates culture. So you, you, you show up at 10 o'clock and, and you go home at 2 o'clock. It creates culture. So what you wear creates culture. What you don't wear, I mean, all, everything's creating culture. So I'm, I'm always, I think, as leadership, not that we're under a yoke, but we're very aware that we're shaping and leading by the way that we live our lives. Yeah. You know, we give who we possess. So anyway, I ended up on four yeah. things. That I thought at New Life Fellowship, as I pondered uh, us, that I think make our culture here, you know, not, we're not perfect, but has some element of health to it and, and some healthy teams as well. So anyway, the first is... Work performance and personal spiritual formation being yeah, inseparable. Um, you know, it's that we're concerned not just with them, a person being able to do a job. Okay, you're videoing, you're, uh, you're a pastor on our staff. Are you getting it done? You're meeting your objectives and your goals. That we're also concerned about their relationship with Christ. How are you doing? Um, how are your rhythms with Christ? We're not assuming anything. Right. And so we're actually keeping the two closely knit together. You're gonna, you, again, we're, we know that you give out of who you are, not just what you do. And we cannot give what we don't possess. So therefore, the commitment that we have, I think, at New Life is we invest in people's spiritual development. Mm -hmm. uh, I think has been very, uh, it makes it a joy for people to be on staff. And maybe you could talk about what are some things that you do and we do as a staff now to cultivate people's formation as in, within their jobs. Yeah, I can think of four things we do that um, I think has contributed to a healthy culture where New Life is not just after, they don't just see me as a cog in a machine, mm -hmm. as a means to an end, uh, that we're uh, deeply concerned about their personal formation. I, I think, uh, first of all, uh, every staff member gets a development budget. Mm -hmm. So first of all, um, you have X amount of money every year to think through your own personal mm -hmm. development. And you know, in conjunction with your supervisor, you're thinking, this is, what I'm, this is my plan for the year of how I'm gonna grow as a follower of Christ and in my role as well. Um, Sabbath as just, mm -hmm. we wanna protect the time and, and, and limits of every staff person. And so it is agreed upon that if this is your Sabbath, uh, it would have to be such an emergency, so, so drastic mm -hmm. that we would contact you on, on the Sabbath. And so we want to protect every staff member's 24-hour period of Sabbath where this is your time to stop, rest, delight, and contemplate. The third uh, Wednesday, the third thing, the third Wednesday of every month, our staff takes a day alone with God. And I've heard many different um, pastors and friends hear about this, that you pay your people to pray, mm -hmm. essentially. Yes. And it's just like, yes, we, 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 yes. we pay our people to have a life with God. Yes. And it almost sounds like counterintuitive. You know, you, no, we pay them to do a job. Yeah, but it flows out of who they are. Mm -hmm. uh, so every third Wednesday of the month, there's a day alone with God. And then, um, and then every staff member putting together a rule of life. That mm -hmm. we, we're really serious about their discipleship. That yeah. Every staff members, how are you growing in every dimension of your life? What's your rule? And so those are some of the things that yeah. um, we've done through the years here at New Life. And I think we have a good sensitivity culturally that as your ministry grows and develops, you need new rhythms. In other words, what worked for you at one phase of your leadership is not going to work at the next phase. Yeah. And so even for yourself right now, as lead pastors, the church continues to grow, you need to adjust your rhythm so that you're getting what you need for your formation and investing in it 
Because there's so many demands coming yeah. at you right now. You could easily compromise on it. Case in point, I typically take a, the third Wednesday of each month and do a day alone with God. And I realized that with everything coming at me, I needed a couple of days uh, every other month or so. Yeah. And so I've scheduled a, a rhythm where I go away to a retreat yeah. every other month to spend a day and a half, two days in silence and in solitude to think through all of the issues that are before me, but it adjusts with different responsibilities and different levels of demands. And just, you know, Jerry and I, we're, we're, we're in, like we have a development budget here at New Life, and so we are investing in ourselves in the fall. We're going to a five-day conference on sexuality, and because uh, we feel like it's such a cutting-edge issue for the future of our, our, the culture, and our, we, we need to do our own development as we seek to serve other people. So we're, I mean, you don't ever stop doing this thing of your formation development. Yeah, and again, going back to a theme almost of the emotion healthy leader is in order to do this, it takes time. That's true, it keeps coming back to time, takes, doesn't it? It takes time. So that's the first thing. The second thing is emotion healthy culture is based on the elephants in the room are acknowledged yes. and confronted. Very similar to that tiger story you just said. It the is. Elephants in the room are acknowledged and confronted. Yeah, so, so what that looks like is things happen and rather than see them as interruptions, uh, you realize these are opportunities for discipleship. So one of the uh, videos on, on uh, our website, Emotionally Leader, is on the skill, climb the ladder of integrity. And so, for example, one of our staff, Phil, uh, was very poor at conflict. And he was always happy and nice guy and all that. But the elephant in the room was, we have a guy who doesn't do conflict. And that's a real problem when you're in leadership. That's an elephant in the room yeah. because it's not going to go away. So to have to unearth that and unpack it from his family of origin, his culture, uh, it was a large task. And it took months and months to actually get him to actually do it for the first time. Again, with someone older than himself, which mm -hmm. culturally was you know, a rule that you don't break. But he has grown, as you know, the last few years, a lot in his yeah. ability to, to do it. But that was an elephant in the room because we knew enough to know this was a big problem. And it could be anything from a person showing up late all the time or getting all these traffic tickets, but things happen that we knew we don't say anything. We just silent and we kind of hope it goes away and we move on. Yeah. And an emotionally healthy culture, uh, in a loving, kind way, we, we talk about it. We, we, we pull the person aside. We're asking to serve them, not to come at them, but we're not afraid of where it might lead. Because sometimes these things do lead to tough places. And I, I know a number of situations where folks don't want to ask about people's singleness or marriages or sexuality because they don't want to know where it could possibly yeah. go or a possibly addictive behavior. And if we don't know, then it, it's like it's going to go away. Right. But right. in a healthy culture and team, you actually... You, you ask, and you, you go after it. So elephants in the room are acknowledged. Third is time and energy are invested into the team's personal spiritual development, some of what I just talked about. I think so, yeah, point. because it does take time. The point is when you, when you confront an elephant in the room, first you, you want to always anticipate it, right? So we're always equipping our, our staff, I think, to be you know, more solid in Christ. But that time that you talked about in the last podcast about, about the uh, staff meetings mm -hmm. and taking time at a retreat, half the time to actually invest in their development. <clears throat> but we're always, we're, books, you're getting books to people, your resources, the articles, but I think there's a real culture here that I think we've modeled, and I think our people are doing it with their people on yeah. their teams. That's a really healthy culture of 
If you're in serving in leadership on any level here, we hope you're growing. We, we want to be feeding you extra. Uh, we can't pay you because lots of volunteers, volunteers aren't getting paid, but the remuneration is growth in Christ yeah. investment. Yeah. And then last year, we have that in an emotionally healthy culture, an emotionally healthy team building, the quality of people's marriages and singleness is foundational. Now, in typical culture, uh, work culture, um, you work for IBM, you work for Apple. I, I highly doubt that they're saying, by the way, how's it going with your marriage? Uh, there's no time for that. You've got to get the job done. But in an emotionally healthy culture, why are we asking the question about the quality of someone's marriage or singleness? It's interesting you say that because I think you're right. You have secular culture, which could care. You can be having affairs. It's fine. I think Christian culture is, standard Christian culture is, we may ask, just tell us everything's okay. You know, <laughs> that you're not having an affair, or if you're single, you're not, or, or you're not in pornography, or if you're single, you're not sleeping around. We have a basic low standard that we trust people are maintaining. Uh, but our question about, we say in a healthy, emotionally healthy culture and team, that we're asking about marriage and singleness, we have a theology that comes out of the inner life, which is an earlier chapter in the book, that we lead out of the integrity of our marriages and singleness. We have a theology of it, that you can't give what you don't possess. It's a vocation to be married. It's a vocation to be single. Mm -hmm. And that is the essence of your person. And to think that we can compartmentalize that right. from your leadership is foolishness. And that to have a transformed church requires transformed marriages and singles. So I think for us at New Life, it comes out of a theology. Uh, and we are concerned about spouses. We want to know to the spouse, how are you? We find that a lot when you just ask a spouse yeah. of a staff person, how are you? Or of a key volunteer or board member. But we don't let that lie unaddressed yeah. when issues come up because we want people to have great marriages and great singleness, have a life outside of leadership. That's culture. We don't want you working 80 hours a week here. Yeah. It's not healthy for you, it's not healthy for our church. Uh, so I think that people have wanted to come on staff here for that alone because they know they'll be cared for uh, as people, yeah. I guess singles or marriage. I think you've carried that on for sure. Peter, earlier, you can tell about Peter Roden, one of our staff under, who runs all your pastoral staff. I mean, yeah, Peter is a bulldog. Peter, <laughs> um, he's been on staff for about 20 years himself in different roles. Uh, and now he oversees our pastoral community and community life as a whole. But Peter is, um, he's going to get into the lives of our leaders and ask them how you're doing. And yes. he's deeply concerned about uh, whether your marriage or your singleness is going well or not. Because ultimately, not just theologically, then very practically, the issues at home, at one way or another, are going to influence yes. what's happening at work. Yes. And so there's no, then it becomes an elephant in the room yeah. that we have to... And, and, and we help marriages. We help marriages and singles strengthen themselves. I mean, I think we invest in that for people because we're that committed to whether getting them into groups or therapy or counseling, but we're, it's a very big commitment, I think, for us here as a church. Yeah. So for more information on building an emotionally healthy culture and doing healthy team building, you can go on our website, emotionallyhealthy.org. You can also go on that website or on Amazon to check out the Emotionally Healthy Leader as well. So, Pete, until next time. Thank you. See ya. Take care.